The gospel must be communicated. And apart from this message, no one gets saved. When Paul went to Ephesus, what did he do? When Paul went to the city of Ephesus, what did he do? Did he set up soup kitchens? Did he set up ways for people to have a a free lunch or whatever? Did he give surveys for what people want? Here's how I'll reach the city. I'll ask them what they really want and I'll canvas the area with a survey. Or did he say, I'll establish a monastery and I'll be a monk and I'll just show people how holy I am and how I can fast and and, and pray and and people will look at my life and, and they'll just see. No, friends. Paul didn't set up a soup kitchen or do surveys or, or become a monk. Paul preached the gospel, didn't he? He preached to the people at Ephesus and what happened? They heard it. They heard it. And the word of the Lord continued, the Bible says, to increase and prevail mightily. Friends, it's far past time that we throw out the gimmicks and we preach the truth. I might add here too that this is why we must support gospel preaching ministries. This is why we ought to support gospel missions and evangelism. It is because the gospel is to be published to the nations and Right? This is what we are after. We literally want the whole world to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus. And we must do all we can with the freedoms we have while we have those freedoms of proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Why? So that America can hear. And so that not just America, but so that the whole world can hear. The core of our faith, the object of our faith, the focus of our faith, the prize of our faith is Christ. D2, A4, coming at you, recording and direct from the Classic Cast, where we just roll with it. We've been talking a lot about the weekend. Um, I don't know how much we should share, but we can talk about it as we go. One thing I'll say, so we, just for the for the listeners, we've been talking about this past weekend where um, Alan Nelson and Danny Thursby here myself few of the guys got to do some street preaching let me back up a little bit let's give a warm welcome for our famous guest got over 8k twitter followers i didn't realize that till about two weeks ago you're basically famous when do you get the blue check <laughs> i thought you get the blue check after about five thousand or something huh i will never have a blue check you won't let them give it to you huh no it'd have to be red <laughs> <laughs> That that describes your personality <laughs> against the grain. I like it. So, and plus, man, you made the news this past weekend. You made the newspaper this past weekend. A bunch of photogenic moments did, for you. Did he actually make the news, or did he, was he just 
pictured in the news. No, I th- Stephanie sent you a picture of, of the interview, right? Did they share the whole interview? No, they didn't share the whole interview. Of course interview. not. Of course not. And and by the way, that was your fault that I made the news. <laughs> I mean, number one, you invited me. Number two, I got confused. I showed up 30 minutes like before you guys, and I was like, well, what do I do here? I guess I'll just start preaching. Yeah. And it was like me versus, uh, you know. The like world. Athanasius. Oh, all con- of. Con- contramundum. You yeah, know? you versus all of South Little Rock. Maybe, maybe at that point, there's probably, I don't know, there's probably two, 300 there, right? Yeah. At least. There was one guy, actually reminds me, maybe I need to try to call him today. There was one guy there, and um, I sent you a couple of pictures, you know, that he took. And uh, I don't remember his name. He talk, Maybe it's like Jay or something like that. And he was there, and he was like, where's everybody else, you know? And I was like, I, I realized he wasn't with us, you know, but I was like, what do you mean, you know? He's like, man, there should be more people like you out here preaching. And, <laughs> and, 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 and like, I kind of moved from one area to another because one area they were just like just trying to shout me down. So I moved to another area, and he's like, I'm going to come over here with you just to kind of be your support so you're not yeah so you're like, not by yourself that's yeah. cool and he took he went up there and took a couple pictures of y'all because i sent you that picture that he took of you and matt and um oh the dude with the hat kind of bald guy no no this guy had long hair oh and it was like gray hair i mean he's probably in his 50s you know so there mm. there were uh at least one guy there that was kind of silent but they're not for abortion you know i guess kind of just seeing what was going on yeah. Um, and weekends like that are just a lot to take in. There's a lot of things that I don't even remember until days later, things like that. So I don't know if we explained this either on the cast, but um, there was a protest after the overturning of Roe v. Wade that was really just kind of planned on Friday because everything happened Friday. It was all fast. Friday was a very fast day. Um, we get the news, news breaks, Roe v. Wade is overturned. And I also saw on KRK that abortion was abolished, essentially, on the spot on Friday. Yeah. Um, Planned Parenthood here in Little Rock had come out and said there's no more abortions. Um, I saw pictures and news talking about Arkansas Family Planning Center. And I saw a little email that was sent out to them also. And if, if they do abortions, the hammer's dropping on them. So all that on Friday, and then there was a last-minute rally for rights, I think they call it, um, for you know the, the pro-abortion people marching for what they would call health care, which we all know that's not health care at all. You don't have to get down that road. So I sent out a text to, to the Avengers, I guess. I want to be called the Warner Brothers. I think that's fitting. <laughs> <laughs> I sent out a text to the Warner Brothers and I sent out a text to Quattro and Alan, knowing you on the spot, says, say no more. Where do we go? Um, so we got a small group of people to go out to the state capitol where there were two to 300 at least people marching, protesting. And I want to give a little bit of the story. So, Alan, you call me right when we get on 40 over here in Conway. And uh, you say, okay, I'm here. Where y'all at? And I, I told him where we were. And he said, okay. Well, I think I'm just about to start preaching. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> okay. Oh, because you had just gotten on 40 here. Yes. I see. 
I see. That's not something I would have done. I don't, I mean, I don't have the boldness at all to do that, to preach by myself for sure. So he calls me back 10 minutes later. I don't hear, hear Quattro. <laughs> all I hear is, my body, my choice, my <laughs> And then I hear Quattro at the very end. I'll just talk to you when you get here. <laughs> and he hangs can't, up. Can't even talk to him. So we show up, and there's – I don't – you probably get the same feeling, Danny. I think we talked about it a little bit when we did some ministry at the abortion mill. But the first five to ten minutes are the hardest because it's a, a warm-up for me mentally, but it's also where do we begin? Yeah. yeah. So we show up and have no clue where to stand, and we hear some people chanting – in the background probably I don't know 50 to 100 yards away from where we were standing we're like where's Quattro at we walk around he's at the center of that mob (laughs) (laughs) getting chanted down (laughs) I'm talking seriously I'm not exaggerating people swarming in on you yeah no place to move or anything like that so I just I walk up and Part of me was like, you know, it's time to do this. I'm going to start preaching. But also the other part of me is like, I got to get them off of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just start saying stuff. Just start start with logic and, and then preaching the gospel and stuff. And, man, they, they see me and they turn around and start swarming me. And it was it – was, uh, Dude, it really was a joy to my heart to see your uh, see your face. I was like, "There's Cole, praise the Lord," you know, because yeah. you know, on the caption in the um, in the newspaper, it says, "You know, police asked him to move or something like that." I don't remember, but uh, several people have asked me about that. They're like, "Well, the police made you move." Well, no, what happened was a couple of times, like people were so pressed in yeah. up on me, and they yeah. were sticking signs in my face, yeah, and they were sticking their, you know. Uh, finger <laughs> in my face and and shouting and the police a couple different times said look you can do what you want but you're fixing to get you know yeah. <laughs> ran over or whatever would you would you mind moving and so I'd move to this area and and there's times one time I had this track from John MacArthur's church it's just a big track it's probably about a foot long so um it's like a a little banner type thing. I just held it up, you know, said, God is holy, man is sinful, uh, Christ, uh, Christ saves or something like that. You know, it was just a little banner and I would just hold it up. And I, cause I was tired of preaching, you know, my voice was hurt. Well, and and you just, could, yeah. And it, you know, so I was just, and no one, yeah, it's like, yeah, no one could hear you anyway yeah, at so, some points. That's right. So I just stood yeah. there and held that up and even just, I could just stand there and held it up and the mob was still, yeah, around me. Yeah, you yeah. know, it didn't it didn't matter. It was like I was telling the police, yeah. I was like, it doesn't matter what I'm even saying. You know, they're coming around. You know, and they, and you know, I, I thought f- for the most part, I was grateful for the police. You know, I ca- for thought sure a, thought a couple for times. Sure. You know, I was like, hey guys, you know, y'all gotta <laughs> y'all gotta let us make our decisions here. But I understand what their their perspective and mm-hmm. what they were doing, and I'm grateful. You know? Yeah, they they were definitely motivated out of uh, they wanted to protect us they weren't uh you know they weren't trying to limit um our ministry there no <laughs> there or anything like that no yeah. they weren't trying to limit our ministry at all they they wanted to protect us and also right. they wanted to uh you know because one time i told the guys like look man i was like if they jump me they jump me so be it you know he's like hey listen it ain't just about you we're also trying to protect ourselves because when that <laughs> they say when that, when that happens, when that happens <laughs> we got to get involved <laughs> yeah. you know 
Yeah, that's true. Definitely thankful for them. Just the fact of them being there um, really gave us a, a big layer of protection. Can't imagine what it would have yeah. been like if we weren't there. Now, they were saying some crazy stuff to us, like, your freedom of religion doesn't matter right now. Not, not. Are you talking about the police? Yes. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. We, and I had that on video, too. Freedom of religion doesn't matter right now. Your freedom of speech doesn't matter right now. We're telling you, you can't go over there right now. But looking back on it still, in the moment when he says, like, that, that is wild, crazy. Um, but part of me, like we're saying, understands it because... They, the last thing they want to do as people who are husbands and all that and, you know, just ordinary people, they don't want to have to try to pull a mob off of some poor bearded nope. human being. Nope. And so I get, I get it. Um, I get that stuff. doesn't bother me. They, they, did, they were saying stuff that they probably didn't actually mean. Um, they're just trying to keep the peace there. So well, they, yeah, I imagine they weren't saying, cause that all happened before I got there. I missed oh, yeah, all yeah, the, yeah. I missed yeah, all the, did. uh, um, yeah, I missed all the initial uh, lighter fluid being poured oh, on Oh, yeah. And let me tell you what you missed, too. I don't know if anybody told you this. So you know how Matt is. You know, he's yeah. nothing. He gets nervous, but he doesn't get scared at all. And he's there to do business for the Lord. We show up, and you saw where the, I guess, I'll call it the pulpit. Um, they, they're essentially having their worship service, you know. Um they have the pulpit there where they speak and do stuff. I don't know what oh, else to call were, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Podium. So Podium. we're walking around. And we're like, where do we stand? And Matt said, how about there? <laughs> he points to the podium where they're having their speeches and stuff. Like, let's stand right by the podium where this giant crowd who already hates us for being there yeah. Um, yeah. is looking and yelling their stuff. And so he walks up to the police. Hey, respectfully, we would like to stand there. And, and preach, and the cop's eyes get this big around. And, and, Matt, and Matt, in Matt's words, for the next 15 minutes, he is, the police are essentially begging us, please don't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, um, but turns out we didn't even have to do that to just get, I'm talking like blasphemies and, and all sorts of obnoxious obscenities herald at us So a large crowd. When I so, start, oh yeah, go ahead. No. Well, when I started, you know, I was just like, well, I'm just going to preach. I was like, what do I do? So I looked, and there's like a little um, little, little bump there. What would you call that? Uh, I, I was trying to explain it to somebody uh, over the weekend. I a, couldn't explain it. It's a little decorative. I mean, it's probably st- stood like three feet off the ground or something. It's, it's really like a, a decorative stone. It yeah. just looks like a stone stool yeah, is yeah, what it yeah. looks like. So I did my best George Whitfield, and I just yeah. stood on that, you know, and I just opened up Act 17. And I just start. I just started yelling at the top of my lungs how God has been so good to us, and and what you're doing here today is you're 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 not rebelling ultimately against the Supreme Court or or the Republican Party. You're ultimately rebelling against God, and He commands us, commands all of you to repent. But He's made atonement for us in Christ, you know, and and He's coming in judgment and. I mean, all that took me like 30 seconds, and, and probably within 15 seconds, it was like swarmed, mm. you know, and yeah. I'm standing on that thing. And, yeah. that, and that's what the police were like, you know, again, they they were like, you have the right to preach. You know, we're trying to just keep this from going <laughs> south. Yeah, yeah. And, and so that's what the – and then finally when they said, 
what Cole said earlier when they said this isn't about your free speech anymore. They were just saying this is getting too hostile, you know. And so yeah, that, they weren't saying um, they weren't denying your freedom of speech. They were saying we're not concerned about that at this point. We've got, uh, you know, their highest priority was safety and things like that. The problem too when they said it was, I was in uh in battle mode. I mean, right, I didn't right. have the mindset that I do have right now. Like, right. let me get out there. Let me preach. Right. I came here, you know, it's really a, a point where the Spirit is empowering us because if the Spirit is not empowering us, I'm at home. I'm away from that because I'm a coward. That that stuff really makes me shake in the knees. But by the power of the Spirit out there, and I'm ready to preach, and, and they're not letting us go in a certain spot and stuff. And so I'm like, let us do it. Let us go over there. That's why we're here. You know, but man, looking back on, I'm so thankful they did that. Yeah, yeah, they were. Yeah, that's right. They were, they were smart, and we had a lot of. And and by that time, I didn't realize this, guys. But you know, I showed up there right at the thing starts at five thirty. So I'm like, I'm getting there like five twenty five. You know, you got there a little early, <laughs> and, and I did. I got there before it actually started. And then all of a sudden, I looked up, and we were having those conversations, and it was over. I'm talking about the rally. Yeah, it was over. Yeah, of course, we stayed till like almost eleven, 11. talking with yeah. people, but. The rally itself, I don't know how long it lasted. All of a sudden, it was over because all that went so fast because you're preaching and, and pe- then people's yelling in your face and, you know, an unintended benefit that I didn't realize, you know, was a lot of people have messaged me and talked to me and stuff and they were encouraged and emboldened mm-hmm. by, by yeah. us being out there. And uh, I didn't even, like, I didn't even go with that mindset. In fact, I did not even go with the mindset that, I was going to get any kind of like anybody was going to be there and be like, oh, they're, you know, like any kind of news coverage. Right. You know, right. and <laughs> then they plastered my face on, yeah. the, on the article. Yeah. But, uh, but, but I, I realized that was a secondary benefit to this is that people, other Christians, you know, were like, thank you, you know, yeah. and, and, yeah. and, and so, yeah. Um, I'm encouraged, you know, I'm encouraged and I hope that we get an opportunity to do something like that again together. You know, yeah. it's really great uh, meeting those other brothers and, and being there with you guys. I know we need to jump in because we didn't, we didn't come here to talk about street preaching, but I have a way to tie our subject into right. that though. Go ahead. Yeah. I think it's important. Um, yeah. So uh, what we did was. trying to fix that yeah i'm okay <laughs> cole cole work on that while i'm talking <laughs> i think that will i think that arm will come down it's like the mics at my nose i know people can't see there, <laughs> like, there, we, go, there yeah. we go there that's we go that's why they're here yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as long as they can't see my nose here uh, yeah i think something important to distinguish is because um some some Christians would disagree with us going out there, and I just want to make it. I just want to make it clear. I'm so glad you're going in this direction. Uh, yeah, I just want to make it clear uh, that there definitely is. We believe there's a wrong way to go out there and do that. They're just like, hey, you know, you know that they're mad. You know that they're protesting the overturning of Roe. Um, all you're going to do is go out there and provoke. All you're going to do is go out there and instigate things like that. Um, well, uh, two things to that. There is a wrong way to do that. There is a wrong way to just go out and provoke and instigate and try to stir up the hornet's nest even more. And I would say that that's 
that's a wrong motive, a wrong strategy, that Christians shouldn't do that. That uh, let's just go out there and, you know, make these people, make these people who are for abortion uh, more mad about uh, the loss to them today. That I think that that would be a, a wrong Christian motivation and Christian tactic. So I want to distinguish that. We were truly out there to to evangelize. We weren't there to de- really to debate Roe at all. Amen. Uh, we were there to preach Christ. We were there to put forth, like Quattro was saying when he started his his 32nd sermon, um, your, you know, your rebellion, what you desire after today isn't, isn't a political problem. Uh, it's a, it's a God problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think, so there's that. And I think that even, even though Friday was a huge victory, I think that it's worth at the very least, um, a, a uh, it's like so many people were going to get a voice that day around the vote Roe v. Wade, is, Wade decision. I think that it's right for Christians to say, hey, we want a voice in the public square as well. Mm-hmm. It's like um, uh, we have something to say as well. And and what we have to say better be um, not, not strictly whether, Roe, whether the overturning of Roe was was ultimately just or not, which of course Christians should believe that it was, but also the, um, the, the Christ that brings us to that conclusion. And so for those two reasons, um, I, I just wanted to shape that perspective that, um, this isn't, you know, this wasn't a group of, this wasn't a group of, uh, Christians that just thought it'd be fun one afternoon to go, um, <laughs> to go stir up the hor- the hornet's nest. It's not fun at all. Um and and um that's not the motive and that that wasn't the tactic, but if it's true evangelism, if it's true if it's truly a um uh preaching the law and the gospel, um giving appeals to Christ to sinners um that it, well, here's the reason why I went out there cuz I truly believe that um, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. Yeah, that's that's what I truly believe, and that 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 the that God saved me while I was an enemy toward Him. Yeah, uh, and so we went to the enemies. We went to mm-hmm. uh, we went to the sick. We went to the um, those. Uh, we didn't go to the the righteous, but the mm-hmm. unrighteous, uh, and and preach Christ. Um. So I just want to paint that picture for anyone who's listening, and yeah. and and to provide clarification there. And the only the only other thing I'd say about our experience there, I will admit, about an hour in, um, the first hour for me, I don't even know how long it was there, but the first hour for me was the hardest. Not because it took me that long to get used to it, but about the hour mark, I'm I'm questioning why am I even out here? You know, I'm questioning why am I even out here? And I'm praying in my own, in my own head, uh, when I can't get a word in, I expected to be, I I wasn't bothered by being shouted at, being called names, all that sort of stuff. I expected all that. Um, but basically, so my, my, 
uh, lack of confidence or my questioning of why are we even here? Why am I even here? Really? Um, wasn't, um, uh, wasn't like, Oh, I'm being beat down. It's just like, this is like, I, like I started really questioning. It was like, this is zero fruitfulness so far, mm. like none. And I, I know biblically or theologically the, the, the word never goes out void. But even in my mind at that point, I'm like, um, I'm not bringing them a word that they don't already know. It's like they, they already know that they're against God. They already know that this isn't of him. Um, you know, they're, they're suppressing the truth of God right now. And they agree with you when you say that. It, yeah, yeah. They, this isn't any new stuff to them. Yeah. But here's my perspective. I think, and after that, we, at least I and my conversations there had a breakthrough. I've been describing it as like, we just had to waver the storm. Hey, we're not going anywhere. We're not going to lose our cool. You're going to have to, uh, you're going to have to engage um, because we're not, we're not leaving and you're not going to be able to discredit us because of our actions here. Yeah. So you're going to have to start providing answers. And that's when the sustained conversations started happening for me. Um, I just had to, is it's like, I think we had to break through a, wait a second, these guys aren't going anywhere. They're serious. And they couldn't, they couldn't discredit us, not because we're anything special, but we understood the moment um, in a first Timothy three or in a, uh, a Titus chapter one sense that uh, Paul writes to Titus and say, Hey, uh, uh, preach and conduct yourself in such a way that your opposition uh, can't, it can't have anything evil to say about you. Mm-hmm. Basically, they can't discredit your message because of because of how you acted. I think once we proved that, they then said, okay, um, they had to get on our level and actually make their moral, make, um, make a case for uh, why abortion is moral in their mind. And that's when you know that's when i think we made our hay is because there's no way to do that there's yeah. um you know that at that point they found themselves to be without answer yeah and i think you know that's a good thought um one thing about that too i think that's part of the reason why many times they don't want to have a civil discourse i mean they they've they've gotten to where they are by cancel culture They've gotten to where they are by shouting the opponent down. Um, Because, you know, any civilized person can understand when we're out there for 30 minutes, we haven't called anybody names. Now, we've we've lifted our voices. We've been blunt in what we say. But we've never said anything personally hateful. Right. We've never thrown coals on the enemy's head with literal coals. Right. We've always... As the Bible say, you know, we don't do this perfectly first off, but but we attempt and we strive to, to bless those who curse us. Yeah. And we 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 honestly request just a civil conversation. And but a lot of times I th- I think and this is just pure conjecture. They don't want to have that because they realize that their entire argument is yeah. simply on convenience. Yeah. What they want. 
I want this. That's that's why. Yeah. There's yeah. no biological reason or anything like that. But you know, those are really good things to clarify and bring up. Um, now, one thing that I've been convicted on, and this will lead me to the first question for you, Quattro, because you're the man with the 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 theology, writing books and stuff on the stuff that we're <laughs> talking about, <laughs> the famous guy. But I've been challenged. Do I believe that God will save the sinner that will never hear me in a conversation, that will never give me their ear in a civil discourse? They've only heard me over shouts of other people. They've only heard small little inserts of the gospel. Do I believe that God will save those people just as much as he will save the one that I've been talking with in a conversation? And to clarify, we, we aim for these conversations. We're trying to g- sit down with people and have a 30-minute conversation, not to win an argument, but to sincerely yeah. speak the gospel to them in a way that they can hear everything is level and stuff. You know, we, we look back in situations and think, man, there, there could be some, some fruit for that. Do we believe that God can save the sinner that never gave us that right of a conversation? By the preaching of the word, do we think that God will implant that word to somebody who is among the mob or even somebody who was the one shouting at us in right, the mob? Right. That's been a convicting thing for me because, um, like, to your point, why are we out there? I sure wasn't out there to win an argument. That's not fun for me. It's, it's stressful. Weighs on my mind. Well, and you're not going to do it. No, not honestly. Go, honestly not, not and we're not even that. we're not even engaging in that. Yeah. That would be a misconception. Yeah. But we we go out there not even because in our mind it humanly speaking works. There would be nothing on no kind of instant replay that anybody could say, "Man, that worked." Right. What he right. did there worked. Right, right. We do that purely because we believe what the Bible says about preaching of the word. Now, I don't want to show my cards too much, but when it comes to faith, Alan, when somebody comes along and says, how, how do you expect anybody to believe in Christ by, by what you did there? Um, you're trying to, you know, the goal is you're trying, you're hoping to see the sinner come to saving faith in Christ. How do you expect your street preaching to do that? And then as you, as you talk about that, if you want to kind of, discuss what saving faith is a little bit yeah um you know first thing i would say is this and and i know that we agree with it um but just to put this as the foundation you know the the first and foremost we're preaching christ because god commands us to and he's worthy um god gets glory when we preach christ now Danny was right. It's the right motivation. And obviously, we could have got arrested if we wanted to. Like, we could have pushed that. We could have kept pushing, 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 and and just got arrested and then been like, look, we got arrested for preaching the gospel. But in reality, it wouldn't have been getting arrested for preaching the gospel. We would have got arrested because we're idiots. That's right. That's right. (laughs) But but, and um, all the brothers I talked to, I feel like in agreement, like, we we were there to we were there to proclaim Christ first right. and foremost, mm-hmm. and that brings God glory. Secondarily, though, and we 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 pled with the Lord. You know, we were the last people to leave. Yeah. You know, tenacity for the truth outlasts tenacity for falsities. Now, don't don't underestimate tenacity for <laughs> for evil, um, because it can be very 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 powerful. But we we 
we stayed there, you know. Um, but we believe that God's word and, and Baving, you know, talks about this, the relationship between faith and the word. Um, but we believe that the that the proclamation of the word of God, that God uses it. Paul says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of, of Christ. So we believe in the proclamation of the gospel that that is how God um, in his sovereign goodness and wisdom brings sinners to faith in Christ is something interesting with technology in today's time is like like what we did um, there was that instant but I think that God could even use what we did like there's posts and stuff like people mocking us and you guys saw it but like um I think one of the one of the captions says something like, "But Jesus can save you." And this guy, like, I don't remember whose picture. Maybe it, one of us. One of I think us. It was you. Okay. No. Well, I couldn't remember. Well, one of us is on that picture, and it's like, "But Jesus can save you." And there's kind of like mocking us or whatever. But like, I think that God can even use that. You know, um, now that's going to live on in in uh, perpetuity, I guess, in in uh, 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 on Facebook land or whatever you know and uh and and god can use those things and particularly too one of the things that we're doing is we're we're scattering the seed as it were and hopefully um hopefully god uses that to bring some of these people to faith but if he if he doesn't like he might use down the road another conversation and another conversation right Mm -hmm. you know yes and um so what was the other question like what is saving so yeah 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 and let me ask let me frame it in this way um one thing, see, in proclaiming the gospel, one of the enemies of proclamation is pragmatism. Yeah. And, and and so that's leading me to where I'm going with this. If we're pragmatic, we're showing up. Danny's bringing his grill with his grill skills. He's, he's grilling some hamburgers. Alan is saying, okay, I'll bring the buns. Saying, I'll bring the, the two liters of... Uh, Sprite. We set up a little stand. Root at the, beer. Root, root beer. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, fair. With some ice cream. You I mean, root beer floats. Oof, come on. We're bringing the stand. We're setting up the barbecue. And we're wearing our Jesus shirts, and we, we, we go there, and we hand out burgers to the people that are protesting. We never, never proclaim the gospel to them. We're just handing out burgers, and we're saying stuff like, I'm just sharing the love of Jesus with these people. That's right. I'm being the hands of heat. That's what pragmatism does. But what it what it doesn't do is call people to saving faith. Well, whereas I, proclamation I, does. That's right. And I didn't read it. Uh, so I just saw the title. So maybe the article is really good. But the title, there was like a TGC article, the Gospel Coalition article that said something like how to how to respond or something when people are hurting over the abortion issue or whatever. Like, we could have just been out there and be like, hey, guys, we're just here to love you because we know today, we know you're hurting today, and we're just out here just trying to love you, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, wait a second, you know? No, you need to look to Christ. So the article was saying that you should do that? I didn't read you the didn't article. Read okay. I just read the title. Is that okay? Like, I, 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 I'm a millennial. <laughs> That's what everybody else does. I'm a millennial. That's what everybody else does. So I just I just read titles, articles, and then I know everything that I yeah. need to know about the article just by reading the title. The issue with that is there are Christians in, in and I don't want to go down this road too far, but I have to bring it up that there are Christians in good circles who would look at that and say, job well done, brother. You gave them love in that. You showed them Jesus. You showed them Jesus. The issue is 
as you mentioned, proclamation is commanded by the scriptures, and proclamation is commanded to bring about saving faith in the sinner. You know, proclamation aims, or pragmatism aimed towards rationality. You get the rationality of the person, whereas proclamation aims towards getting the saving faith out of the people, so mm-hmm. to say. Yeah. How would you define saving faith? And did you write about this in your book, any? Um, from Death to Life? Yeah, yeah. Find it on Amazon, Free Grace Press. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't, go to, don't go to Amazon. You can pay me for advertising. <laughs> um, you know, Bavink talks about, and by the way, it's, it's funny, no one else can see this, but but Danny uh, and Cole, they have volume one of Bavink. I have volume four. I really like the number four. And uh, I uh, <laughs> I was reading a different a different portion uh, of Bavink than they were. But anyway, I was reading um, in, in volume four about uh, faith and conversion. And Bavink talks about, you know, faith. Uh, faith is not as easy to define as you might just think. You know, initially there's some complexity to it. Um, at the bottom line, though, faith is trust, you know, mm-hmm. and then, then the three, um, let's see, let's see if we can review our Latin here, right? Uh, the, the three Latin words, um, uh, notitia, ascensus, and fiducia are, are historically the three kind of ways that we understand faith. Bas- basically what it's saying is, and I've used this four with like a, a bridge, but basically uh, what it's saying is that there, there are facts that you have to understand, and then you believe that these facts are true. But, um, but fiducia, that is, you know, that's trust. There's trust there. And then the analogy I've used in Perryville, to get into Perryville from Little Rock, come down Highway 10, and you have to cross the Fush River Bridge. Uh, you, you guys probably heard of it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the Fush River. Uh, that's, y'all heard that's of the Fush River? one of our major waterways here yeah. in Arkansas. <laughs> and it's spelled F-O-U-R-C-H-E, you know. Uh, <laughs> so it's it's French, you know. But anyway, um, so we've gone French, Latin. This is great podcast. This, this is the smartest <laughs> this podcast has ever been. <laughs> hey, I got my degree from the strip mall seminar. <laughs> um, but there's a bridge coming into town you have to cross it and so i just i've illustrated this with our congregation um you know faith is okay i see the bridge and i understand i understand what this is this is a bridge right and i believe that the bridge actually will do what it says it'll do you know i believe that this bridge will um allow me to cross it you know so those are the first two components, if you will, of faith. But even that in of itself is not faith, not to just look at the bridge and say, okay, that's a bridge. I know what that is. I actually believe that if I were to cross that. That, that would hold Yeah, me. I believe yeah. that that bridge would hold me up. I believe that that bridge would allow me to cross it. I believe that that, that bridge will do everything. That was, I've, I've walked under the bridge. I've seen it. I've looked at it from underneath, and I see that it would hold me up. I believe, you know, I really, really believe it will hold me up. But we still hadn't got to faith yet. Okay, faith is, as we know, crossing the bridge. Yeah. Um, And so we know that there is an intellectual, all this we're kind of teasing out. We're kind of teasing this out. And and when you do this in theology, you can have, uh, you you can um, put, put across the wrong, 
message because you're like, well, you're making faith seem so complicated. But what we're doing, we're just trying to kind of tease it out a little bit because um, all this goes together. Explain it. Right, thoroughly. right, right. Mm-hmm. All, all this goes together. It's not like, yeah. you know, it's like, you know, 15 different steps or whatever. But actual saving faith is you're not just seeing the bridge. You're not just believing that the bridge can hold you up. You're crossing the bridge. Mm. Yeah. Of course, the yeah. bridge is Christ. You're, you're not just seeing that Christ, you know, oh, yeah, I believe, I, under, I, I understand the gospel, and I believe that the gospel will do what it says it will do. Okay, but saving faith is, the, the last component there of saving faith, if you will, is, no, no, I need Christ as my Savior. Yeah. And this is what Bavink talks about in Roman, or Romans. <laughs> Bavink did not write wrong. Um, but vol- Potentially wrote the book of Hebrews. Right? <laughs> uh, I heard that was Rick Warren. Um, <laughs> this is uh, this is this is what he says in Volume Four, not Romans Four. In Volume Four, he talks about the difference between um, the Roman Catholic faith. That's where Romans came in. He talks uh, the, the the idea of Rome's faith is just this abstract, you know, faith. Uh, bel- belief or whatever whereas in in protestantism and reformed theology particularly faith is is personal it's a personal ascent as it were like a personal right. trust like i need christ mm. for my sins to forgive me of my sin. and i trust that christ alone uh is the way to god and that only through christ alone can i have um uh forgiveness of my sins and the imputed righteousness, not that, not that you have to take an eight-year-old and say, "Do you know what imputation is?" But you understand, just teasing this out, like I understand that the only way that I can be accounted right before God is through the finished work of Christ. It's not by my works, and and you guys know, and that that when you begin, that there's all these different com- uh, components, if you will, faith and things that faith produces mm-hmm. that you want to be careful not to equate you know, with faith, mm. um, faith is, I think it's Calvin in the Calvin that says the faith is, is just your, your hand opening to receive, um, all the promises of, uh, of God and the gospel. So I've talked, I've been talking there for a little bit. So you guys can chime in. Uh, there's a few questions I have and Danny, I want to hear your answer on this too. Um, cause you've done a good job yeah. clarifying. Yeah, we, we brought Quattro in so on the morning off. <laughs> man, you take every morning off. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking the morning off, also called every morning. <laughs> um, so, okay, I'm, I'm going to be devil's advocate here. I've heard that. I've heard, you know, these people, These people, many of them that we've talked to you on Friday, well, the first thing they say, I grew up in church. Not only did they say they grow, grew up in church, they grew up in a Southern Baptist church mm. where some was supposed to be solid circle. Mm-hmm. And they're not lying about that, but they say, I, I've heard all of those analogies. I've heard that simple, true definition of faith. Um, I just, I, I don't want to hear it anymore. I get it. And I, why are you here still? Or on top of that, the cops saying, look, they know why you're here. They, they've heard Jesus. They've heard of faith. Why, why do you still want to be here? Um, proclaiming the gospel when it's not going to do you anything. So I guess to sum up my question, even though people know the definition of saving faith, why do you still preach to them? 
Well, I mean, we can go back to, to a couple of things we've already said. You know, one, uh, God commands us to. Yeah. Uh, but, um, and, and he's worthy of that too, though. And we actually, we actually said this to people. Um, Isaiah 55, God says, my word will not return void. I, I actually talked to someone. This is not uh, going to be in any evangelism one-on-one book, but I actually talked to one person and uh, they kind of were pushing back and all that. And I was like, you know, God's word is not going to return void. And they said something like, you know, I'm not going to believe or whatever. And I said, well, look, um, sometimes God uses his word to harden the hearts of people. Mm. You know, <laughs> they they hear it and it just makes their word hard. Their, it just makes their heart harder. I was like, in in if that's what it is, so be it. But his word will not return void. But um, we also strongly believe this is not in the power of our preaching. Like there are way better preachers than us, you know, no offense to you guys there are way better preachers than all of us, you know, sure. and, uh, and we weren't out there. We weren't George Whitfield, you know, we weren't, um, you know, whatever out there just proclaiming, uh, I, I wish we had that kind of projection. My voice got tired, you know, and I needed water and all that, but here's, but, but it's not about the power of our preaching. It's about the power of the word of God. That's, uh, that's that's where we were. I mean, um, we believe, we really believe in the power of the Word of God, that God mm-hmm. is actually going to use His Word. And here's the beautiful thing about the Word of God. Sometimes the Word of God, like this one guy, he was saying, like, that that, that Bible, you know, <laughs> this one lady actually said, that Bible was written 35,000 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was like, ma'am <laughs> no you know not even like not even unbel- not even the most godless um historians <laughs> would say something like that you know i was like no and then this one guy was like you're you're just you're, that that bible's past tense you know i said something like somebody said something about god was or whatever and i said i just kind of pushed back you know you try to use little things to push back and i was like you know god isn't was he god is you know mm-hmm. and they're like well that that bible's past tense you know and i said no the Bible uh, actually says that it's living and active. And so when we preach, we believe that God's word, it does work right there. And and maybe someone that night was converted. We, we pray for that. Um, and we don't know, you know, but we also believe this. We also believe the Bible is such that we can preach and that God can actually use it days, months, uh years decades later you guys can probably tell me the story but you know there was that one story i don't i don't remember who it was but like there's this there's this guy's like you know back in england and probably the 17th century or maybe the 18th century but there was some guy who was converted when he was like i wish i had all this in front of me but when he was like 86 like out plowing his field and some message that he heard like 30 years ago or whatever maybe 50 years ago was just playing over in his mind and and he came to faith in Christ. That's um, the power of the Word of God, and that's what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. On top of that, um, I know we keep using our uh, evangelism on Friday night as an example because it's just so fresh in our minds. Uh, but this goes for really any preaching, really any evangelism, not just in a in a um, opportunity like that. But the truth of the matter is that. Uh, so many people have heard um, um, about Christ, especially here in the South, especially here in Arkansas. So many people maybe have grown up in church, 
Uh, but my response, uh, my response, um, oftentimes, and it was my experience that, yeah, I heard that too. So many people said, I'm a Christian or I grew up in church or whatever, but none of them, but all of them were preaching a false gospel. None of them, it's not just that they were wrong. It, it's not just that they knew the gospel but were unsaved and were wrong on abortion. No, the the type of salvation that they were trying to preach back at me was a false gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a it was a uh, go- it was a false gospel. It was the the counterfeit good news that whatever they did, God was going to forgive them for it. Um, and so they they I would say that they actually didn't know. Mm. Um, they 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 actually didn't know Christ, know the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm. They may have grown up in the church, and I'm not saying that the church never preached it to them, but they were not aware of it. Mm-hmm. Um, they they had not had it explained to them in a way that differentiates, um, that differentiates their concept of God in Jesus and in salvation. Um, but we had to make that distinction, and oftentimes in our evangelism, it's not very very rarely. And I'm not I'm not I don't consider myself gifted in evangelism by any means. So I'm not having just this abundance of evangelistic opportunity. It's something I'm trying to um, be more faithful in. But very, I mean, I can just think of once, maybe twice, um, am I talking to someone and they're articulating a biblical gospel back to me, but they're having trouble believing it. Mm-hmm. Um, now that that happens, and this is why we still preach Christ to people in our congregations every week, is because they they that's the way the, that the word works is it's not just hearing it saying oh yeah that's true and all of a sudden someone's saved um, the spirit has to do the work of regeneration uh, but in often our evangelistic context it's it's we are actually telling them something new we are actually <clears throat> we are actually giving them the true gospel that they haven't uh, that they haven't had before, or that they miss that they've been misunderstanding. It may still misunderstand, but we're at least putting it forth again. We're we're um, we're tilling the ground again. We're we're planting more seed. We're watering. Uh, we're watering again and waiting on God to to cause the growth. I try to throw scripture in here when I can, but really, what we're talking about is in in what Quattro was saying confidence in the gospel where is our trust in um uh, and in the big in in bavink's big topic here uh what is faith how does someone come to faith uh romans 1 16 for i am not ashamed of the gospel of christ for it is the power of god to salvation for anyone who believes for the jew first and also for the greek oh where is the power for salvation how do people come to faith well the power is in the very gospel of jesus christ himself Mm -hmm. um the going back to what you're saying before because it was a simple illustration but the the cheeseburgers can't preach come on the the cheeseburgers can't (laughs) you haven't had the kind of cheeseburgers i've had (laughs) 
<laughs> they preaching a different message, though, brother. They're preaching the glory of God. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, that's true. The the heavens. Shout out to Miss Stephanie. The, the, Stephanie the, Nelson. The heavens and David's burgers do proclaim <laughs> do proclaim the glory of God. Um, uh, that is true. They don't but, preach. But they don't. They don't they, preach for yeah. saving faith. <laughs> yeah, but. But uh, yeah, there the the power unto salvation is not in the burger. Come it's on. in it's in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. That's, I, well, I was going to say it like, a, really, oh, go, go really ahead, quick, sorry, sorry, sorry. really quick, and that's that's what's different. It's not that, um, it's not in the Christians' preaching or the Christians' evangelism that oh, let me just put forth facts, uh, and then, um. Let me just. There's a difference between let me just put forth facts about Christianity or even the gospel or of Jesus Christ, and then, uh, you know, let's see where, you know, let's see where the chips fall. No, it's actually a. Um, I believe in a per- actual personal appeal. It's like no, mm-hmm. I'm not just putting forth facts about Jesus, or I'm not just putting out the true gospel. But but I do think it's the Christian's responsibility to uh, compel and plead with people yes. to go, going back to Quattro's analogy of of the bridge. I'm not just going to put up the truth of Christ, and I'm not just going to try to convince you that it is true or to believe it. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to walk you across the bridge. Yeah. I'm I'm on the bridge, and I'm saying, take my hand. Come on, yeah, take come my on. hand. Come with me. Come, yeah. come with me across this bridge. Come with me on the bridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that that's that's what preaching is. Amen. That's what evangelism is. That's the confidence. That's that's what it is to be unashamed of the gospel. Come stand with me on the bridge. Come 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 stand upon the cornerstone of Jesus Christ with me. And you have no. That's what it is. You have no pragmatic method to make that look more appealing. All you have is this sincere heart to plead with people to come to Christ. It's like that movie scene. Uh, you just gave me the picture of the the scene in a, a, a classic Tom Cruise movie. It's a classic cast here. Um, War of the Worlds. <laughs> <laughs> that would not fit in a classic Tom Cruise movie. I would say so. Great movie. Um, <laughs> Does he Cole, run? Does he Cole run? is always bringing things that are not classic. <laughs> He's, hey, does he run in the movie? It'll be a classic. Does in, he fight? It'll be a classic in, in, in 10 years. So it's the scene where check, people are running from the aliens. So it's not an apples to apples analogy. Hear me out on this. Danny is rolling on the floor laughing. <laughs> so it's the scene in the movie you just talked about. They're running from the aliens, and their running is in vanity because they're not going to get away. But there's this one safe haven where this guy, who's kind of a crazy guy, he's saying, hey, come on, come on, come here. Come into this house. I have a spot for you. Nobody is listening to him. Only one little family takes him up on the offer and runs into the safe haven. And I'm not going to continue to use the analogy, but... In a in a place Amen. where we believe, <laughs> smart, smart move, <laughs> uh, where we believe that the wrath of God is upon sinners. Come here, yeah. God Himself yeah. has provided a safe haven. Yeah. Come here, please yeah. believe in Christ. Yeah. You're pleading with people. Yeah, you know, people want to say, and the, the the far right, the hyper Calvinist side, don't plead with people. Just throw the facts out there. Look, 
we're dealing with people that hate facts. Mm. They're standing where they're standing because they totally ignore facts. We're not trying to win a logical argument, though we're often bringing up logic to show their irrational worldview. But we're we're getting even past the facts. We know the facts. We're bringing up, look, this is the truth. Please believe in Christ. Bavink says in this chapter, you don't have to figure everything out before you come to this. Right. You don't have to reason your way to faith. That's why we're not winning a logical argument. We're not worried about this syllogistic layer upon layer um, discourse. We're, we're cutting straight to the chase. We're preaching the gospel and calling for faith. Now, that's not to say that our faith is not a reasonable faith, but we're just saying, yeah. look, don't worry about how the bridge is built. Don't worry about what all this comes in. Here's Christ. Here's what you need, your need for salvation, your need for the cross, your sin. Come to Christ. Rest in his refuge. Yeah, we're here in the in the Bible Belt, obviously, for whatever that means anymore, but a lot of these people actually know the facts, you know. Mm. They actually, the basic facts. They actually yes. know the basic yeah, yeah. facts, you know. And uh, the, their problem is not that they don't know the facts. You know, their problem is they don't care. They hate God, you know. It's kind of like going back to the abortion argument, but a lot of people try to throw stuff out, but they don't really care. So, like, I remember this one gentleman, he was saying, it's not even a person till 20 weeks. You know, we're just arguing, arguing, arguing. And, of course, we strongly disagree with that, but I paused. I said, well, hold on, hold on. So let me just get this clarity you're saying you can't have an abortion after 20 weeks because then it's a person and he's like well no no you can still have an abortion and i was like see you don't care you don't care you don't care you don't care you know and people try to throw this stuff out there you know and and they try to throw this stuff in my face you know it's it's not a person i'm like y'all are way behind science you know (laughs) you guys know we know we know it's a person anyway i wanted to read um i wanted to read from volume four but uh, Bavink says uh, not to not to not to out you guys, but we're all Calvinists, you know. And he said, uh, so Bavink says this. He said, <laughs> out of the closet now. <laughs> we're done. We're done. Fired. Uh, well, we made it nine episodes. That was a good. That was a good run, Cole. <laughs> Bavink says, God indeed grants us the capa- God grants us the capacity to believe and the power of faith but also the will to believe in faith itself, not mechanically or magically, but inwardly, spiritually, organically, in connection with the word that he brings to people in various ways. And then he says this, these various ways. These include the reading of Scripture, the advice and admonition of parents, the instruction of teachers, and public preaching. Mm. So, so... Hey, so, let me read this and then I'll oh, let yeah, you, because yeah, yeah. it ties connectly sure, sure, sure. in with that. Um, the refor- he says this in volume one. The Reformation was unanimous in confessing that saving faith is a gift of God. It was not the product of natural human powers, nor of common grace, which is why we preach the way we do. But it is the product of the special grace of the Holy Spirit. It was the an activity of the new born again person, and therefore also sufficient for salvation. Yeah, Amen. And that's why we preach. Mm. Um, we can preach. You know what I found, and I think this is a grace that of the Spirit when we were out there. But like, 
like I was just able to keep going because I was confident, you know, that God can and will use this. And it's not my job, you know, it's not my job to outshout these people in, in such a way to just twist their, their, their arm. And so you have to be like, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. You know, um, neither is it your job to go out there and be a cool cat and be nice to them and pragmatically win them over. Yeah. And I, and I'll say this, just, just to be clear. I think that we were nice, you know, and I think that, um, and we said repeatedly, they didn't want to hear it. We said repeatedly like, or I said this, I know like I'm here as a friend, like, like I love you. I love Arkansas. Um, you know, what, no matter where it was, I would have gone, but like, I have a, a special love for our Kansans. I, I live here. These are, are, are people that, you know, potentially Little Rock's not that far, but potentially I could see in Walmart or, you know, at a ball game or, or whatever. like, like I, I'm, I'm here because I'm your friend, but because I'm your friend, I'm, I'm going to, and, and, and I'm an ambassador of Christ. And because of these things, I'm going to preach the truth. And I'm going to tell you, you need to repent that judgment really is coming in Christ, but God has made a way for us to be saved, to be forgiven, to uh, avoid that judgment, uh, in the person of Christ. Mm. And so Christ is coming to judge you. Uh, he's coming to judge the world, but if you will turn from your sins and put your faith in Christ, then you will be forgiven and you will, um, avoid, uh, that judgment. And so all that, all this to go, like, like God is sovereign over this. And so as we, as we preach and we proclaim this, we're trusting that the Holy spirit is actually going to use this to, um, to, to, to turn on hearts, to, to receive, you know, this. And, um, like I said, we, we don't know, like I actually had a guy message me like, why are you doing that? Like, why are you out there doing that? In that in a skeptical way? Yeah, yeah, but but in a friendly way. But he's like, I'm genuinely asking you, mm. why are you guys out there doing that? Because that's just such a hostile situation. Well, here's one thing I thought about. Like, there's hundreds of people out there that are hearing the gospel that who, who else is, who else is, when else are they going to be hearing the gospel? They're, they're not walking into churches on sunday morning never i'll tell you i'll tell you that not even not even rick warren's church right yeah and i don't care how friendly your church is like and here's the thing about pragmatism man at the end of the day it doesn't work anyway like some of these people have tried to be so friendly with the world when this rogue stuff came out you saw the venom and it was hatred toward all christians Mm -hmm. i don't care it it wasn't yeah they they didn't differentiate between the rick warrens and the and the jeff johnson's no difference to them yeah they're like they don't care we we hate you all Mm -hmm. and and it's like you tried and I, i tweeted about this like you tried so hard to get the world to love you and you see something like this, you say you it doesn't work anyway, mm-hmm. you know. So we we have to um, we have to proclaim the truth and trust that God uh, is actually and does actually use it. Yeah, and and that's and so many good things to that. Um, I I believe in the power of repetition. You know, all my friends hear me say the same thing over and over and over. Sometimes even in the same conversation. But you're going to get it after the hundredth time we say it. Um, yeah, we've we've heard enough about the Warriors, Cole. We got, we got it. <laughs> hey, we got it. I got my <laughs> old Miss Rebel jersey on this morning. Right, just so your listeners know, um, uh, Danny's wearing a Reformed Baptist Network shirt. I'm wearing a uh, 1689 London Baptist Confession shirt. And here is uh, Cole wearing an Ole Miss Let's go. jersey. Let's go. National yeah. champions. That's a football jersey. Hey, 
Baseball jerseys on the way. <laughs> it didn't come in in time. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick this horse while it's on the ground, and I'm gonna keep kicking it. The goal is not for us Christians to be nice. We're so, or to be viewed as nice. Now, the part of our goal is to be loving, and thus we are nice in how we do things. That's a good way to put it about being viewed. As yes, nice. being good. viewed. I, 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 the gospel is confrontational, and I, I don't like being confrontational. I, I don't, I do want to be seen as this nice person deep down, but I understand that it's, it's hateful actually to not tell the truth with people when there are eternal ramifications on this. Um, so often we, we hail niceness as the ultimate goal. And we can go away looking at the situation. At least they thought I was nice. At least they thought I was a good person and loving. You know, I looked back. I look back on these situations, and I'm like, man, they didn't even let me get a word out before they knew why I was there, and then they instantly hated me for that. Like I preached at the gay pride parade, um, and looking back on it, I didn't even really have the Bible open long enough, and they were already surrounding me mocking me and stuff like I could have said anything up there but the fact that I had a bible open and stuff like that they hated me for that so often we we compromise um the truth and we compromise true deep love for people so that we can be viewed um in some kind of temporal nice uncompromisingly loving way um and what it comes down to is this when we're proclaiming the gospel and even you know Danny you brought up how we'll come across people who say they're Christians well it really gets confrontational when you hear that they have believed in a false gospel that they don't know who Christ is and you lovingly tell them that in a conversation that really offends people um, if they say, you know, I believe in the Bible, I believe in the gospel, I know Jesus, that's not my Jesus, and you lovingly tell them, this is actually what the biblical Jesus is. But what it all comes down to is this. Is faith a work of the Spirit or not? Is faith a work of supernatural grace or common grace? As Bob Inc. says in this quote right here again, um, just to repeat it, he says, um, it was not the product of natural human powers nor of common grace, but of the special grace of the Holy Spirit. And then you gave a list of those things that God uses to bring about his special grace. So even in a hostile world that hates the truth, um, so much that some would say, why are you even here? This is not even working. Even in those environments, we preach Christ because we know that the that the result is not by our own doing. Right, right. No matter how nice we may be viewed, no matter what we may say or do or how we go about it, it is never a product of, of our work. It's never, never a product of any common grace we may dispense to people. It's only a product of the supernatural, spiritual, saving grace of the Holy Spirit. Now, we do things the way God tells us to. 
which is why we don't mock or scorn in return, which is why we don't do many things that we don't do, which is why we want to have good conduct because the Bible commands those things and it's a fruit of the Spirit. But we do those things trusting in the work of the Spirit in utter dependence that God will use this proclamation um, for salvation in people. Yeah, And so saving faith, you know, it boils down to this. You, you can tell what people believe about faith based off of how they evangelize. Um, you can see when people think that faith is um, a, a product of being nice or a product of winning an argument. But you can also see when people believe that faith is a product of the Holy Spirit that he works about through the preaching of the word. Yeah, when you say the gospel is confrontational, you know, it's like there's no way. There is no way from the world's perspective to be nice to tell someone to repent. Never. No, right. There's just no way. Yeah. And and I am uh, I'm really going to alienate your listeners. I'm a Southern Baptist, and uh, but uh, we're dealing we're dealing right. You ruined it for us. Right. This, this was a kamikaze. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, it was a good run, boys. Um, it was a really um, co- controversial thing going on right now in the SBC, but like the the ERLC and others like they want to deal with um, abortion in a different strategy. But one of the things that they want to say is like women are victims of abortion. Um, now I don't know how many rallies they've been to, but I didn't see a whole lot of victims <laughs> Friday, you yeah. know, but the point is if in, now, by the way, we should say, are there situations where women are victims? Absolutely. And absolutely. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And yeah. we want to, yeah. We yeah we yeah. We, we would yeah. not we would not want to take away from that yeah. at all and we would we would want to have the utmost compassion and care and we do just get to know us you know like yeah. we do but but the reality is um in the overwhelming case uh, overwhelming cases of abortion women are certainly not victims they are uh, perpetrators and when you when you take away and everybody uh, in our world today everyone's a victim no one is a mm. is a sinner. But if you don't confront people with that, you know, like, no, 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 you are a sinner, then you take away the hope of the gospel. Because yes. why do you need grace unless you sin? Why do you need atonement right. unless you sin? Right. Like, if you try to take away the law and you try to say, well, you know, we, you know, God just loves you and wants you to have a better life or whatever, like, that is not the gospel. And it's very mean, to, unloving to tell people that because it's unbiblical. That's right. And it was like, and then two other things I want to say. One, you guys are so much more uh, refined in the way that you say bavink, you know, like I'm just like bavink. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and the other thing is, you know, we want, we, we, we are saying like faith is a gift of God. Faith is a gracious work of God. But at the same time, we don't want to take away like, like God doesn't believe for you. Like mm. you have to believe so like this is um two sides of the same coin this is a grace of god it's a sovereign grace of god it's a gift of god but at the end of the day what we are commanding people is to repent and believe the gospel and so if Amen. you you know if you come to faith in christ you, you know it's like you, you, no one can ever say well well god just believed for me like i don't even believe right now god just believes for me you know it's mm-hmm. like no no faith is an uh is an act if you will, of the, of the intellect and the will, as Bavink talks about, but uh, Bavink talks about, but uh, but but um, it is a gift of God. At the same time, God grants it in such a way that we actually come to faith. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and we actually right. cross the bridge. You're commanded you to believe. Yeah, yeah. So it so it all works together, and um, and, and it what it's what it what 
it's what makes the um the beauty of evangelism like some of the greatest evangelists in the history of the church believe like Bavink believe like we do you know and that is because you can go out with the confidence not in yourself not in your argumentation not that we shouldn't be brushed up and we ha- and I I was um alongside some of you guys and and other guys when we were in those small groups and it was so encouraging to hear the logical arguments the biblical worldview you know it was like so great and so we should be polished on all that and brushed up on all that but at the end of the day our hope is in uh, what god does through the power of his word and so we're confident in that and we can just say look at the end of the day like because because there's always going to be people smarter than you and there's always going to be arguments that you hadn't heard and you're like oh man how do i handle that and not Mm -hmm. that we shouldn't we need to be brushed like i'm not totally you guys know i'm not not knocking apologetics at all we need to be brushed up on all that but at the end of the day our our confidence rests in what god does Mm. with his word and if if it isn't for that man i would be so discouraged because if we're being honest like you said so many smart people out there if there's a matter of a debate, sometimes I lose because of the pure intellect of the person I'm talking with. And I fall flat on my face. But God uses the message, not, you know, my reason. He uses the pure message of the gospel for the salvation of sinners. And I want to encourage your listeners, too, to just to like, there's a lot of people out there that I found this out Friday night. I knew this already. But but Friday really illustrated it to me, and that is there are people out there, a lot of people out there, that they have not been challenged. They talk about yes. how Christians live in this little bubble, and, you know, you're indoctrinating your kids and all those sorts of things. But I'm like, dude, you've never been challenged. I can tell you've never been challenged. I was talking yeah. to this one guy. He's like, I was like, where do your rights come from? He's like, the government, you know. And I'm like, so what other government says is right? And he's like, no, you know, because like, well, the government just said abortion's not a right, you know, and so like, and then he began to say, well, I just believe in a material, you know, world, and I began to talk about immaterial things like ethics and logic, you know, it's like, and then like in 30 seconds, uh, his entire worldview just collapses, and it's like he's never been challenged on that, and so like, yeah. I encourage, I encourage, um, you know, not everybody can, can go out and, and preach, but there are people around you every day that they, their, their worldview's never been pushed yeah. back on. And we've believed like, like Cole says, beating a dead horse, but we believe the strategy of evangelism. Like we're just going to love people into the kingdom. Now we do love people, but we have to proclaim, you know, tying it back to our, our topic today. We have to proclaim that you must turn from your sins and trust Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, see, that's a what you just said is another example of what people believe about faith. That's that's an example that they believe that faith is a product of common grace, loving people into the kingdom. That pins that pins the work on the the Christian. Love them enough, and they will come into the kingdom. You do a certain thing, and they will come into the kingdom. Where when you preach Christ, that's nothing that you're doing that can get into the kingdom, but it's the, the, the spirit using that, um, for their salvation. You were talking about worldview a lot there and I'm trying to find a quote that, um, Bobby says, Danny, you were going to say something. Yeah. Why you, why you find that just, just a piggyback off of something you said, a little side thought here. I think that that's actually a, uh, 
um, a silver lining of the state of our uh, culture right now. I think for so long, Christians had that luxury of not being challenged. Mm. Uh, Christians didn't know what they believed or why they believed it because it was the prevailing, uh, it was the prevailing sentiment. But now as we've transitioned to what uh, some, um, uh, so I I follow a guy named Aaron Wren and he has this kind of paradigm called the positive neutral negative world toward Christianity. And he gives kind of historical recent historical timeframes to them. Anyway, he says we're firmly in the negative world now. And a, a silver lining of that is that now Christians are under the, are, are under the pressure that uh, we actually are being challenged. And therefore we've, we've actually got to know <clears throat> what it is that we believe where the the prevailing culture on the other side of things, the world, just like what you just said, they don't have to, um, uh, they they haven't been challenged because that's now the prevailing sentiment in the land. And so it is true, like, um, just to, just to, um, yeah, my experience was the same. I thought, I was really shocked because <clears throat> I, you know, I do, you know, when our, our circles, uh, Christianity, we talk about this stuff all the time. And we, we know, uh, you know, we're deriving our view of, of abortion, for instance, from the scriptures. Um, uh, we're, we're doing, we're, we're doing this all the time and we hear all the arguments all the time. And so my assumption was just like, uh, these people are, are going to have heard all this stuff, but it, it wasn't true at all. Or they're gonna have, or they're gonna have a better. They're either gonna heard this stuff, or they're just gonna have a better foundation. But it's like, yeah, like you hadn't even thought this through. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. and you know, yeah. we bring up argumentation. We were not there to argue, but there, there were times where people would say stuff on on logic or dealing with common sense or something where we could easily have a comeback or we could mm-hmm. respond to that in what some might say an argumentative way just to show how faulty their foundation is. Like they, they kept saying, my body, my choice. So I would say, but you believe in vaccine mandates, right? And one lady turned around at me as she's chanting, my body, my choice. Yes, I do believe in vaccine mandates. <laughs> I, I want you to see your contradiction. I want you to see where you are contradicting yourself in the same sentence. Your entire worldview is contradictory. And, and, but of course there were people, as we're saying, that were smarter than that out there who who need to be challenged, who need to be challenged on that because God has given us a challenge, shows the sufficiency of the scripture. Not that, that we're smart. I've never read any kind of philosophical book, but studying scripture equips us with that kind of world to, to be ready to engage in things like that. Well, um, you, I, you what, know, just to add this in here, but did you guys, um, you talk about worldview and all that, like it doesn't, the 21st century worldview or whatever, like, you're like, oh man, this is like new. How are we going to address this? Whatever. It's really not new. Um, mm-hmm. And it reminded me, you know, you, if you read the scriptures, well, Friday made this come all, to life all the more but i think is it acts 19 i'm pretty sure it's acts 19 maybe it's acts 18 but where the where ephesus riots 
And for two hours, they chant, great is Artemis of the right. Ephesians. Yeah. For two hours. And you read that, and you're like, man, that's well, that's crazy. You try to kind of imagine it. Well, Friday, like that kind of came to life. Like yeah. I could see, mm-hmm. because I felt like for two hours, they were chanting my body, my mm. choice. Just And you're like, wow. And, and it's not much different, actually fundamentally you say well that's different they're talking about their body and and in ephesians they were talking about this false god you know and you're like yeah Yeah. (laughs) they were chanting to a false god yes absolutely you know and so and that's what i was just about to say when we're talking about dismantling arguments um when uh let's not get that let's not get that convoluted or confused um and that because earlier we were saying hey we weren't there to necessarily argue but to preach christ but part of that is dismantling their false god mm, come on uh, yeah part part come of that on. part of that is doing like uh jerem i think it was jeremiah the prophet who said hey your 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 god is just wood yes uh, it's it's just it's just wood it's this basically this totem post out in the middle of this thing um this is where with some entrappings on it. This like, is where the know. elder in the background goes, "Watch me, preach, Danny." <laughs> the, the, <laughs> so you're, you're watch me. Yeah, look, um, it's uh your your God is the God that you're worshiping out here is is this measly little post in this back forty mm. in this mm. back forty over here, mm-hmm. or it's or is it's your, is your God re- uh, relieving himself? Yeah. Yeah. Like the Elijah and the prophets of Baal is just like okay we're yeah we're um, it's exposing their false god. When exactly. I said to them um, a couple different times, I said this I was like it's not your body, it's God's body. Like it was like no one had ever said that to them before. Like their mind was like they're like you know, and they really yeah. sell them more. I'm like God created your body. You know, there's like two problems with the argument: my body, my choice. You know, one, obviously, the baby is not your body. Right. But secondly, like you actually think that you live in a world where you get to do what you want to do with your mm-hmm. body, but in reality, it's God's body. Yeah. And this is God's world, and Christ is King. You challenge their God called autonomy. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what we're doing. Um, we're not trying to get in a shouting match. We're not. You know, we've qualified this so many times, and we have to because if we don't somebody's going to come along and say that we're being prideful or, you know, just trying to win a debate or something like that. That's not the case. As Bovink says, I, th- I believe in volume one, maybe volume two, the, the, the crux of the world for the reformed Christian is the glory of God. That, that's the whole point yeah. of the world. That's the whole doctrine that the church is built on. And he points out how, Lutheranism does believe that the doctrine the church is built on is justification, whereas the Reformed believe the doctrine that the church is built on is the sovereignty of the King, God. So when we go out there and when we, you know, give what some would say arguments or things to deconstruct their their whole platform, it's because we're defending the glory of God and we're chopping down their idols. You have an idol when you say things like my body, my choice. You have an idol called self when you say things like your god is dead you clearly have an idol because you're worshiping something else we're going out there like elijah you know people in our culture would call elijah very mean how dare you say that mean stuff that's not going to lead them to christ you know 
Elijah's number one purpose out there was to defend the glory of Yahweh, mm-hmm. which should be our first goal. You know, we've so we've so put the salvation of the sinner at the front of stage that we forget about everything else, and that's an honorable thing. But that is not front and center. The front and center is the the exaltation of the name of God. Yeah, you're, if your evangelism is, stru- is structured, or, you know, where your primary goal is to see sinners come to Christ, and by the way, that is a worthy goal, okay, then sometimes you'll be very, very discouraged because you're not always going to see that, or you may be tempted to manipulate, you know. Mm. But when your primary goal is the glory of God in Christ, then then that that everything else flows from that. Yes, yes, and everything. And it gets when you start believing that, you can take a step back and analyze why you're doing what you're doing and say, wait a minute, do I believe that do I believe this? If God told me, which I don't think he will, but hypothetically, if he told me, look, none of these people are going to be saved that you're preaching to, would I still preach Christ? The answer should be Yes, mm-hmm. because Christ is worthy to be preached among yeah. these people. Yeah. Why? Because Christ is eternally glorious. And when he is preached and talked about and exalted, no matter where it is, it is a great glory to him. It shows my love for Amen. him. And, and, and to follow it up, just so your listeners could like, but we also we have that primary motivation. But then we also have this other motivation that we know. Like we know that God is going to, because the world is not ended right because christ has not yet returned like we know that god is going to save his elect. yes and so we don't have to go out there i mean we we will go out there and, and like you said we will it's like if if god were to say of course we're cessationists but if god were to audibly you know tell us today like hey you're going to uh you're going to uh what did danny shaking his head like i've, I've destroyed all your listenership <laughs> Uh, but but if 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 God were to say you know hey like there's not one more sinner going to be saved well if if that if that makes you pack up your things and say well I'm just going to sit at home then you don't rightly understand mm. the proclamation of the gospel you know mm. we we can we keep going we keep preaching but thankfully we also so we have that motivation but we also have this other motivation that yeah. people are going to and and, it, and also like uh, Cole would never say this because. Um, he would it would be like you know glorifying himself or whatever but like i don't mind saying it because i really appreciated you know and your listeners in here but i really appreciated cole's prayer like we were praying by the way we were the last ones there <laughs> like they had to make us go home that's yeah, right they, all the all the they other did ask us to go yeah, yeah. The, the police officers they poor, were ready the to go poor guys yeah. they, they were like can y'all please go yeah so we can i was go thinking home. they were night crew the whole time yeah, yeah. but but uh, you know our final thing that we did at that at that uh rally Everybody else was gone. We were the, it was us and the police left. And the last thing we did is plead with God for sinners. Yes. And Cole, like one of the last prayers was Cole's. And, and he was like, you know, pleading with the Lord, please save these people that we, um, that we preach to tonight, you mm-hmm. know? And so it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing when we rightly have our priorities, um, when we have our priorities rightly rightly aligned yeah i know we're trying to wrap up but just to reinforce that um i have a great confidence that uh someone there that night will be saved yes 
will I mean will be saved. It's just it's just and, and that's not any sort of like uh, spiritual prompting or prophetic insight or anything like that. Um, it's nothing like that. But it's great. It's just great confidence um, based upon everything that we've been talking about. Do I have confidence in the gospel to save sinners or not? And we did a lot of preaching that night, and people had to consider things that they've never had to consider before. Um, and so I have great, we're not just virtue signaling, signaling here. It's we believe in prayer, we believe in preaching, and that gives us great confidence that that one of the, that, that, uh, that the enemies of God uh, do get saved. Yeah. So we've got great confidence that... Um, you're a testimony Individu- of that, Danny. Individual, <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's great individual, or we know that there's individuals there, true people uh, that we spoke to, that we saw, that we heard from, uh, that 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 will be in heaven with us. Mm. Yeah, Amen. I mean, like I said, um, God, the the word is living. So, like, yeah. we preach that word, and it's still living. Like, it's not it's not done. Like, our preaching there is not done. Right. Like, it's right, still right. you know, and and you know, social media just kind of helps that stuff. But also, uh, also, we believe that at at the right moment, even today, maybe God can use some of the things we said to stop someone in their Absolutely. tracks. And all of a sudden, Absolutely. they're like, they were so hate, and they're like, we hate that, we reject it. And also, God can stop them in their tracks today, right now, driving on their way to work. And they can be like, oh, mm. they were right. Christ is king, yeah. you know. So, yeah. uh, And that's why we weren't there to change minds, but we were to preach a gospel that would uh, change their soul, change their heart, and and then the renewing of their mind will, mm-hmm. uh, then the renewing of their mind will come. Yeah, and we do that knowing that God himself uses that message right. to save. Right. Um, on on the point that we've been talking about a, a good concluding, and again y'all can talk as much as I want after I leave, but no. a good a good concluding. We'll talk about you. <laughs> I'll have it recorded, no, and I'm the one that edited. <laughs> yeah, we can't we can't press on without the maestro. <laughs> Bobbing says this on the Christian worldview in context like this. Apologetics teaches that Christians, even though they cannot confer faith on anyone, need not hide from their opponents in embarrassed silence. With their faith, they do not stand as isolated aliens in the midst of the world, but find support for it in nature, in history, in science, in art, in society, in state, in the heart and conscience of every human being. The Christian worldview alone is one that fits the reality of the world and of life. And finally, if it, if it seriously and scrupulously performs its task, it will very definitely succeed in impressing opponents with the truth of Christian revelation, refuting and silencing them. I'll say that again, refuting mm-hmm. and silencing them. Mm-hmm. It cannot truly convert people to God. Not even the preaching of the gospel is able to do that. Only God, by his spirit, can accomplish that. But subject to this working of God and as a means in his hand, apologetics, or we would even say, as we're talking about this morning, proclamation, like the ministry of the word, can be a source of consummate blessing. Christian, we live in a world where there are many idols. One of those idols in the Christian circle is 
niceness and pragmatism. All we have is what God tells us to do, and that is preaching the word. That's, that's all we have, and we can only do it the way that God has told us to. And we have to remember that we are not the cause of faith in anybody, no matter how eloquent our message may be. Personally, my message is not very eloquent. I stutter. I fall flat in where I'm trying to go as I'm trying to preach. But it all depends on God to use that message and to implant it into the souls of men. And I want to go away with a verse that the Apostle Paul says, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? All we have is this message. All we can do is preach it, proclaim it. And beyond that, all we can do is hope in the Lord himself to use that message to save sinners, to give them saving faith. Closing thoughts, guys? You know, real quick, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast, but I just want to add this. You know, we've talked about this. We've said it. We just has maybe not been as clear right here, but the object of our faith is Christ. Mm. And and maybe you just stumbled upon this, and who knows who knows why someone encouraged you to listen to it or whatever. But I want to tell you as we talk about faith that even today you um, – you are commanded to believe on Christ. Yes. You can have Christ. Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Learn Christ. Surrender your life to Christ. I don't know where you're at and what you're doing, but I can tell you this right now, that judgment is coming in Christ, but God has made a way for you in the atoning work of Christ in his life, death, burial, and resurrection and you are commanded by the most high and loving God to to believe, to put your faith in the finished work of Christ. Maybe you're someone who has known about the bridge for years, and you believe that the bridge will do what it says, but we're asking you today to cross the bridge, to come to Christ and trust him alone as your only suitable and all-sufficient Savior. Mm. Amen. CD, D2. A4 recorded in Iraq from the Classic Cast, where we just roll with it. Thanks for coming on, Quattro. Yes, sir. Thank you. Hey, find Quattro's book on Free Grace Press, uh, From Death to Life or Before the Throne. They're great books, easy to read. Um, good, good material. Have a great day. Thank <laughs> you.